Welcome back to the Cordell and Cordell and Men's Divorce Podcast. I'm Scott Trout, CEO and managing partner of Cordell and Cordell. We continue to bring you information, tips, tricks, uh, ideas, exposing things in family law for guys facing divorce before, during, and after all issues relating to family law. And today is no different. And before we get started with our guest who's back with us today, again, this is not to be taken as an attorney-client relationship. Uh, not uh, legal advice in any way, shape, or form. This really is more informational, educational for you. As I always say that your facts matter, uh, and the case specifics of your your particular matter would likely dictate something different today. And so I encourage everyone to go seek uh, the opinion of an attorney and someone who practices exclusively in family law particularly. That's an important one. If you want to seek uh, our consult, we are available nationwide, including the UK, you can reach us at 866-DADS-LAW or find us on the web at cordellcordell.com, including social media. You can find our webpage and also YouTube page where all these podcasts as well as our virtual town halls are all located there. So let's get started and talk about paternity and the putative father registry, which is uh, something that guys are confused about. So welcome back, Ashley Duffy, to the show. Thank you. So Ashley, you know, this Paternity guys are kind of familiar with it. They kind of now know what that means, that father-child relationship. But when you throw out the word putative father registry, I think their eyes glaze over or roll in the back of their head. They have no idea what that means. So maybe that's the best place to start is like the history. What is it? And, and then we'll get into why it's important, what they should do, and kind of the key factors of particularly Texas where you're licensed. Yes. So a putative father just means that it is a man with um, whose legal relationship to a child has not yet been established legally. Um, he is claiming to be or is the alleged father of a child that has been born to a woman that he is not married to. So a big scary word for a child uh, with someone that you're not married to is essentially what it means. Um, and so an, an alleged father on um, a paternity registry, which most people haven't heard about, um, if you are on the registry, all it guarantees is that you are going to receive notice of uh, cases that would affect this particular child. There's no federal law in place uh, pertaining to a putative father registry, um, and in fact, or a some states uh, call it a putative father registry. Some call it a paternity registry. Um, so you'll hear me use that interchangeably. In Texas, it's a paternity registry. Um, and essentially what that is, is some place to go for a putative father to register and say, hey, I, I think I've got claims on this particular child. Um, so Ashley, let me ask you, guys will say, well, I'm on the birth certificate. I know she put my name, I've checked it, I'm good, right? I mean, is that, should they also register? I mean, is that something that you always recommend them to do anyway? So if you're not married and the concern is mom is going to potentially flee and go somewhere with a baby um, and not give you any notice of where she's going, or maybe this was a very brief relationship or um, even the the case that led me to this particular issue and delving deeper into it, um, potentially if someone is carrying on an affair with someone that is already married to someone else, um, this actually becomes very, very important because at least in the state of Texas, just having your name on a birth certificate uh, does not a father-parent-child relationship make. Um, you need an additional document called an acknowledgement of paternity in the state of Texas that actually confers parental rights. 
So the paternity registry is meant for those instances where we have someone that is either pregnant or newly given birth um, to go on and register and say, look, if anything happens pertaining to this child, I want to be notified about it. And it could very well be now, you know, one of the things I, we, I looked at is even if you, you've had sexual intercourse, you may not know if you're the father. And even if it's a potential and you want to kind of maintain your rights, that's something you should be doing. Definitely. Um, and that's, you know, something that a uh, few of my clients have found out the hard way, unfortunately, is you might have a relationship with a woman. Um, you're not sure uh, if that could have resulted in uh, conceiving a child. Um, but if, you know, you are a, a diligent uh, potential father out there, it could be something very, very important to do. And you need to do it very quickly um, because there's always a potential for um, a parent-child relationship to be terminated um, at a very young age for a child to facilitate, let's say, an infant adoption. Um, and so if you are, you know, a father out there and you might be interested in this child, if you don't register on the paternity registry within the timeframes provided by your state, um, you may have zero say in uh, what happens with that child. And there are, every state doesn't have this that we know of, right? There's a, I mean, a super majority, but uh, not every state has it. Right. So these paternity registries have only really been around since the 1970s, um, when there were several instances of um, adoptions that had to be undone because a father later learned that they had a biological child out there and said, well, I wasn't provided any notice. I didn't know. I want rights to this child. And so they created, the legislatures created these uh, paternity registries. And now I believe in about 32, 33 states, there are um, paternity or putative father registries. Um, not all states have them named exactly that. Um, so some other figures might put it closer into the 20s. Um, but based on my research, it's about 33 and Texas is one of them. So is there a timeline that guys should be really, um aware of that they need to get registered uh, when they either think that there's a pregnancy or delivery or a child? Yes, so the important time frames are going to be either before the birth of the child, so when you believe that a woman could be pregnant or you know she's pregnant, um, or within 30, at least in the state of Texas, within 31 days after the birth of the child. Um, anything after 31 days of the birth of the child is considered untimely um, and could lead to multiple consequences. Um, so I can speak mainly to Texas. I know for a fact it's within 31 days. Um, most of the other states follow about a similar timeline. For some dads out there, the coronavirus pandemic has become a pretext to limit access to their children. Other dads have been pushed out of key decisions affecting their children's lives. If you're one of those dads, Cordell & Cordell is here for you, as always, but with expanded services. We can meet you in person or by video conference on weekdays, evenings, or weekends. Our goal is to step up our service to meet your needs now. So you mentioned the consequences, and I know you've kind of alluded to termination, adoption, but maybe just lay it out, really. And you can talk more strikingly about Texas law and most guys, it would generally apply similarly. There are nuances we know across the country as it relates to that, especially if they have this registry in some form, but maybe just talk specifically about really why, what the real consequences are for failing to do something. 
Right. So um, in particular, I can speak under Texas law. If, if you're not registered within that time frame, um, a termination uh, could be completed um, if the child is under the age of one. So um, if you're not registered within that first 31 days and the child is still under the age of one, uh, the parental rights um, could be terminated completely without notice to the father, which means, which is blew my mind, uh, quite frankly, when I found this code section that a lot of people don't know about. Um, you know, most lawsuits, in particular family law lawsuits, any sort of, you know, citation, notice, they'll uh, appoint an ad litem to try and find the father um, it is usually uh, done. And uh, under this code section in the state of Texas, no notice is required. Um, and this is so strong as to, I found a case from 2009 out of Houston where a judge um, tried to say that this particular code section under Texas law was considered unconstitutional because it didn't um, require any sort of due diligence to find the fa alleged father. Um, no notice was required. There was no requirement to uh, appoint an attorney ad litem. Um, and the appellate courts overruled that stating that that is why we have paternity registries and it's an incumbent on the potential father or the alleged father to exercise due diligence and register and say, yes, I want to take part in this child's life. And um, if they don't, unfortunately, your parental rights can be terminated. Mm -hmm. right? um, if the child is over the age of one, there is a, an additional duty to provide um, at least some semblance of notice. You've got to try and find um, the alleged father, but the idea behind it is to facilitate infant adoptions. You know, if we've got an unwanted child or something um, and no one's on the paternity registry, then, you know, this is a quick and easy way to terminate rights to facilitate that child being adopted out. Um, but unfortunately, if, if a father is, or an alleged father is not cognizant of these facts and they take part in a child's life um, and the mom says, no, I want to give this baby up for adoption and they're not registered, they get zero say. I mean, I can just, even thinking just, or hearing the Texas law as it relates to that, a child under one, I can think of a scenario that just is nefarious in some ways where mom is going to go forward with an adoption. Dad's in contact with the child and mom. Mom doesn't say anything. Not She doesn't mislead dad. Doesn't say, you know, defraud him by saying, oh no, of course I'm not doing a, or a uh, an adoption. But I can just see failing to register and she just proceeds without notice. I mean, that's what it sounds like the law would allow, right? 100%, yeah. That's terrible. I mean, I think that's, you know, as I talk to, you know, these dads who don't have relationships, or as you suggest, even I can think of one is, uh, who's married, because presumably the child is born of the marriage, and I think that raises other consequences that you have to think about. And um, if they get adjudicated that way, you lose all your rights. And there's just so many, you know, negative things, especially with, a short time frame to register, guys should be Googling it right now and trying to figure out, you know, what it means, how do I do it, you know, does my state allow for it, um, what notice, you know, do I have to do? I mean, I think the hesitation, and what's your thought, as I'm thinking through this, is, you know, they may not be paying child support, so they look at this as a financial thing, that, you know, if I register, am I going to be on the hook for child support? So maybe that question becomes is, once you register, is mom notified, or is that just sit on the registry, do you know? So I believe and my understanding is that it just sits on the registry. It's something that you file 
Um, in the event mom wanted to take any sort of action to try and terminate rights or facilitate an adoption, either you know a step-parent adoption or she's adopting a child out to a third party, um, a search of the paternity registry needs to be conducted. Um, you know, people can have access to the paternity registry, but it's not like you get notified, as far as I'm aware, not like you get notified like, hey, someone's filed something on a paternity registry and your name's there. You have to submit a formal request and pay a fee, at least in the state of Texas, based on the forms that I've got, um, in order to see if there is anyone in there with a particular name. Um, so it doesn't do anything except put uh, notice out there that, hey, I want to be notified if something is happening. Yeah. It doesn't even mean that you will get rights to this child, that you would have to pay any sort of child support, just means you will be um, if something happens. And I guess um, you don't need the consent of mom, right, to register. You can just do it without notice, without consent, and, and just move forward in that regard? Yeah, and in most states, and including Texas, it's conducted through the Bureau of Vital Statistics, and it's a form, um, at least the Texas one, you can just print it out online, you fill it in and mail it uh, to the office, and they'll get it on file, and that's that. Nothing may ever come of it. Um, but I've kind of been urging, you know, clients, and I know I've spoke with other attorneys in my office, and, you know, just in just, they'll say, well, shoot, do I need to tell my son, you know, hey, yeah. son, what happens, you know, you have a, a quick relationship with a woman, maybe go ahead and put her name on a paternity registry and sign it out there just in case. Um, because honestly, the, the, the effects are, are pretty far reaching and very, very permanent, um, a particular information. You know, if you don't do your due diligence and, and sign up on a registry. Yeah, it sounds like, I mean, it's the, kind of the irreversible decision to not take action and put yourself on the registry if uh, an adoption or termination proceeds. I mean, I, I think that that's, you know, the caution here is that it's not like, wait, and I'll try to undo it and say, well, uh, you know, I guess absent fraud. Right. You know, you get the circumstances right. by which mom's saying, of course, I'm going to keep the child. And, you know, right. she knows presently that she's moving forward to to uh, either terminate rights or uh, give way for adoption. But still, I think the courts, at least in Missouri, too, take the perspective that if you have a right, take advantage of it. And if you fail to do so, you know, you bear the consequences no matter what, you know, you're being led down that path. And so I think that, it, it, you know, Texas seems a little bit be maybe a little bit uh, stricter and extreme, which is just shocking. Um, but mm -hmm. I guess, you know, the, the moral of the story is if you can't get an acknowledgement on the birth certificate that you're the father, you've got to do something to get registered as quickly. And the other important thing too, and, and what came up for me, you know, delving into this uh, particular issue was, you know, interstate issues. You know, if you have um, a relationship with someone and you're in another state and that person happens to move to another state, um, it behooves you honestly to go ahead and register at both states if possible. Um, in the particular case, I had two di different states, and um, you know, I urged my client to go ahead and, and register here, uh, based on the facts we had at the time. But you know, other people, it could be incumbent upon you to, okay, yeah, I'm in Maine, and you know, the baby's now in California. Maybe I need to register on both registries there, um, just to make sure you cover all your bases. Yeah, there's. As you, I think you alluded to it when we began. There's no federal database that is a gathering spot for all the names for guys around the country. So, I mean, gosh, what a burden. You may have had a relationship very brief with someone you think maybe they're pregnant. Now you have no idea where they may go. 
I mean, that it's, I mean, do you register in all 50 states or what do you do? I mean, I guess it conceivably you would, you know, and uh, very interesting, but at least I think as with every time we have these conversations, it means have a consultation with an attorney who does this exclusively, who can counsel you on the right things and decisions to do, especially in this law in Texas, which uh, is just very, very restrictive. Um, and, and there may be other states similarly. Right. And there could be, and you know, there are instances where, you know, I, I think it, it could make sense particularly to facilitate an infant adoption. You know, we've got a child that, you know, maybe is the result of um, a relationship that ended very quickly and maybe both parents want nothing to do with this child. Well, wonderful. We've got this provision. No one's on the paternity registry. Mom wants to adopt the child out to a loving family. Um, you know, there's a way to do that, but that is not always the case by and large. And unfortunately, the way the law is written, it kind of presumes that that would be the case. Um, and so it, it's incumbent upon, you know, men out there to exercise due diligence, speak with an attorney and find out and say, like, should I put my name on a paternity or putative father registry? And what is my time frame to do so? Because it's very quick. Well, good stuff today, Ashley. I mean, it's uh, really probably shocking for guys to listen and they may be thinking, oh my gosh, I've got to do something right now. And that's the point. So thanks for joining and giving an update on this putative father registry and um, maybe bad news for a lot of guys, but there's something that allows them to, uh, to protect their rights, which is important. Yes, so exactly. thanks for joining today and I appreciate it. Thanks. So as always, continue to tune in. We do it twice a week and then we'll be doing a virtual town hall in October. We will have an opportunity to log in, uh, watch the panel of Cordell and Cordell attorneys, ask questions live and get answers right then and there. So check out CordellCordell.com. As always, if you need a consult, you can reach us at 866-DADS-LAW. Uh, you can check the YouTube page for podcasts like this, as well as all of our previous um, virtual town halls. Until next time, have a great week.